Good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. Alongside me, as usual, CFP, Allison DeBurl. Together, we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then this is your forum to discuss. We'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, it's important to us, we'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing, and that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area as we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. You've got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401Ks, 403Bs, TSPs, 457s, uh, mortgage options, or Social Security claiming strategies, estate planning, wills and trusts, all that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. And because this is the first show of the new year, this is the time when we ask Allison what she chose to do for her New Year's resolution, and then we make fun of it. What? No, no, no. I was going to do that to you. (laughs) (laughs) I have no resolutions. I'm like uh, just in catch-up mode. I'm not really like forward glancing at this moment. <laughs> so so wait, you don't take a pause, take an opportunity to reassess and see where you might be able to do things better in the upcoming year? Nope, nope. No striving for improvement. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> duly noted. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um I I don't have any specific New Year's resolutions though, but um you know just trying to get on top of things. Yeah. Kicking off with a bang. All right. Well, here we uh, go. What about you? Uh, no, I, I don't make resolutions at the new year. I make them when they need to be made. Mm-hmm. So whenever whenever things get off track a little bit, I think that's the time you should make a resolution. That could be July 17th. <gasps> that's know? my birthday. Oh. That's the perfect day mm. for a New Year's resolution. Okay. Did oh. you know that? No, I just <laughs> I literally randomly chose that day. <laughs> Sometime in the middle of the year. <laughs> 
Well, I get what you're saying about resolutions, but it doesn't hurt to try to start off on the right foot. And while people are usually particularly motivated this time of year to get their life in shape, to get their maybe their bodies in shape, it's a good time to get your finances in shape. So we want to talk about how to do that, how to get your finances in shape. It might in- Include a little bit of detox for some of you, maybe a little bit of um, alcohol-free January. Uh, uh, I, are you doing dry or semi-dry January? Uh, well, right now I'm completely dry until our delayed Christmas party, <laughs> and I will make an exception for yeah, that. Yeah, we're extending Christmas this year. We haven't had our holiday extravaganza, so more to come. <laughs> a little rescheduled due to COVID issues. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, So, you know, uh, getting your finances in shape may include a little bit of detox. We can talk about that. Uh, Hopefully include some healthy habits, just like you might be developing healthy eating habits. And then maybe making sure you're putting your money to work for you, just like you were hopefully kicking off a workout program. So just like you treat your health and your body, you need to address your finances. And this is a really good time to do it. Yeah, a lot of people take the first of the year to reassess and rededicate themselves to healthy financial habits. We'll give you some tips to do that and get you on a good path right out of the chute. Before we do that, though, we're going to go run out to Virginia Beach and speak with Charlie. Good evening, Charlie. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Good evening to y'all, and that's a southern term. Anyway, but, uh, I have a question about a charitable remainder trust. If you stand to inherit or, or due to prior financial investments, a, a pretty good lump of, of uh, cash, tell me about charitable remainder trust. What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the best way to avoid taxes, et cetera, et cetera? So, Charlie, did you say you were looking at inheriting a lump no, sum actually, asset? In reality, it's a business that I, it's going to be sold in the Selling. next 14 months. Okay, okay. So you, you have a big um, transaction that's going to cause an influx of income, and you're looking for ways to minimize that? Yes, ma'am. The taxable implications thereof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a charitable, charitable donations in numerous forms can be a great way to offset a big liquidity event like the sale of a business, like you're saying. Um, Charitable remainder trusts can be a great tool if you are charitably inclined. So it's a pretty advanced strategy that you would need the help of an attorney to implement, but it allows you to take a tax deduction, a large tax deduction in the year that you create the trust, which would be in the same year that you sell the business. And then you get an income stream for a set period of time. And then at the end of that period, the charity gets the remainder of that asset so right. when, it's, I, when i pass the, the the whatever assets are still there and i'm sure there'll be some will go straight to the designee right so it's typically and they can be set up differently but it's typically set up for a certain period of time so 
For example, years. if you put, yeah, so you put a million dollars in a charitable remainder trust and you receive 5% of the trust every year as income over 20 years, you'd essentially, if it works properly, get your initial investment back. But that investment has been growing over 20 years and is probably, hopefully, worth more than your million dollars that you put in. And that would all go to charity. So you get the tax deduction, you hopefully get your the return of your investment, and you make a big charitable impact all at the same well, time. But but the magic word you said inside of that was, okay, I get taxed on whatever revenues come out of that? That's a good question. I don't think that's taxable income to you, no. no uh, well, the activity that occurs inside the trust is sheltered right. from taxes. Um, the distribution to the grantor of the trust I'd have to check on that. It could be K-1 income. Yeah, yeah. we'd have to check on that technicality, yeah. Charlie. But big picture, you you can get a big tax deduction up front with um, still the idea of getting your money, your principal, back over a 20-year time period. So you just have to make sure you try to live for 20 years. <laughs> and you go through lawyers and accountants and all that stuff. Yes. But it was just a good way to, if, if you've made all you need and, and want to give something back, Target something you want to give to, and then throw uh, a CRT at them. Yeah, and it's a great way of offsetting a large uh, liquidity event or capital gain in one particular tax year. So, uh, you know, say you sold a business and you got five million dollars from receiving that money. Well, a lot of that is going to be subject to taxation, which means you're going to have a really high tax bill. If you're charitably inclined and you want to lower your tax bill, taking, say, $1 million of that five, putting it in a charitable remainder trust gets you a tax deduction to offset a fair amount of that income, and then you can reap the benefits uh, for over the next 20 years, as well as donate that money to charity down the road. And Charlie, okay. I will offer one other option. It's a little more simple um, and it's not quite the same, but look into a donor advised fund. So a donor advised fund is where you would make a lump sum contribution to an account that's designated to a charity, just like the charitable remainder trust, and you get the full tax deduction in the year you make the contribution so that could offset some of your um business income and exactly yeah now the donor advised fund just sits in the account and then over the rest of your life you can make the charitable bequest so you get the deduction in year one and then you can dribble out your charitable contributions over the rest of your life. Now, you don't get money back from this type of account, but if if you weren't looking to, say, do a million dollars, then sometimes a charitable remainder trust is too complex for a smaller dollar amount, so consider a donor-advised fund. Yeah, good for, say, $50,000, $100,000, maybe even up to $500,000. Mm-hmm. Donor-advised funds uh, are great for that purpose. All right. Well, thank you very much for the input. I appreciate it. Seriously. All right, right, Charlie. Thanks for the call. We appreciate that. 627-7979. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines. Give us a call. We're going to step away, take a short break. We're going to be right back after these messages. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Wealthway Financial Advice. 
And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Debril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. All right, before the break, we are talking about uh, ways to get fit in 2022 here, uh, get financially fit. And we're going to give you some of those tips and techniques in just a minute, but we want to follow up on one thing that previous caller, Charlie, said. Yeah, Charlie was asking about charitable remainder trust, which is a complex planning tool that can be great for people who are charitably inclined and who maybe have some sort of liquidity event like a sale of a business. Um, that's really the best example. And he was asking about the the taxability of the income. We weren't sure, but we just did a little fact checking behind the scenes. And yes, so the income you get from a charitable remainder trust is taxable. And um, Mainly taxable as ordinary income that comes mm-hmm. out, but a smaller percentage of the of the contribution to the trust will be distributed each year. So it's typically around 5%. So you put in a million dollars, that means $50,000 comes out. That comes out as mainly ordinary income. It gets more complicated than that, but that more, more or less than that. Uh, more in, in general terms, that, that that's ordinary income. Um, and then the rest of the cash inside the trust gets invested for long-term growth. And uh, while each year you kick out 5%, uh, over a extended period of time, 10 or 20 years, there should be a lot more than a million dollars left in there. And that then, whatever is left, then goes to a charity as a big windfall. And that account does grow tax-deferred. Yes. So that's one of the benefits of that. And all the all the activity in there, any capital gains, any uh, uh, dividend distributions, interest, all that stays untaxable while it's in the uh, wrapper of the trust account, um, just like an IRA would. So it's a great tool, but pretty sophisticated. So if you think that this is something that interests you, make sure you have a certified financial planner and a trusted attorney that can help you yes, work through those, those details. Are, yeah, we have uh, we probably have an accountant too. <laughs> right, we have a couple clients who have uh, charitable remainder mm-hmm. trusts that we uh, administer and invest for them. Mm-hmm. All right, but back to New Year's resolutions. I know I disappointed you by saying I don't really have any this year, but I hope you do, and we can help you make some. This is a good time to get your finances in shape. I mentioned uh, three keys to getting your finances in shape. The first is a detox. So let's talk about you. If you have holiday bills that have built up, I think this is pretty common because Christmas is just so surprising each year. You know, we don't realize that it's coming. <laughs> it so. is for me. <laughs> it just sneaks up so darn quick. And all of a sudden, it's Christmas Eve. And <laughs> and next thing you know, you're going out and you're blowing $1,000 at the last minute. Because <laughs> Amazon can't deliver <laughs> right. that fast. Well, if you have holiday bills, this is the time to take care of them. If you can um, wipe them clean with excess cash reserves, pay off those credit cards. It is a not good practice to carry a balance on high interest rate credit card debt. If you don't have enough cash to just wipe it clean, then come up with a good 
plan that is realistic that you can execute to have it paid off by a certain period of time and then keep it paid off. Really, you should only be using credit cards for convenience and not carrying a balance from month to month. Yeah, convenience and maybe perks if you get uh, mm, things like cash yes. back or hotel. travel travel miles, uh, hotel perks. Yeah, those those things can be valuable if you use the, the card properly, and that is to charge it, pay it off in full the following week, and get the benefit of whatever the, the card provides. Now, Kevin makes fun of me for this, but I like using buckets. Mm. I have a lot of buckets. Mm. They can be great planning tools. They can also have their problems. But um, if if this happens to you every year and you find yourself in debt after uh, Christmas or the holidays or whatever time of year, then it wouldn't hurt to set a little special fund aside where you pre-save every month so that you don't have that problem and you don't start the next year behind the eight ball. Like a Christmas club, which I used to have when I was a kid. There and you'd you like contribute like say five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year you had sixty dollars to go buy mom and dad a present. So smart. I love it. (laughs) And just uh, magnify that about uh, tenfold uh, with today's numbers. Right, with inflation. But start saving for, you know, next year's holiday today, a little bit at a time. And that way uh, you won't be tempted to run up those credit card bills. And if you find yourself in the situation where it's not just that extra holiday spending, if you really do have impactful amounts of credit card debt, then come up with a good, reasonable plan to pay that down. Um, There are a couple different strategies that people like to use. There's the snowball strategy. So pay off the smallest balance first. And then once the first balance is paid off, apply that payment to the second card and so on and so on. So you pick up momentum like the snowball rolling down the hill. Your payment gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you pay off your debt that way. And you get the psychological endorphin mm-hmm. release of knowing you've paid off something. You got one of them off the books. You checked that box. So you feel like you're accomplishing something by starting with the smallest and working the way up to the biggest. And then I didn't realize this, but I guess the other way of doing it is called the avalanche, Mm. where you tackle the highest interest rate. I knew the strategy. I didn't know it was called the avalanche, but tackle the highest interest rate first because that's costing you the most and, and pay that down and then move on to the next highest. Right. So regardless of the size of the the loan balance, just try to pay down the one with the highest interest rate first, Mm -hmm. which could end up taking a lot longer and you could maybe lose some momentum and some enthusiasm for the task. And then you might find that you can't quite you know, complete the whole thing. So really, there's no perfect answer here on how to attack debt like that. It's whatever works best for you, whatever you will be most successful at, whatever will get you to pay off the debt the quickest and keep it paid off, that bad debt. Yeah, I think avalanche is probably makes the most financial sense. But mm-hmm. honestly, I like the snowball for the right. mental right. achievement aspect, yeah. the motivation it can provide. Right. Like the, the psychological benefits of, of feeling like you're making accomplishment, which will give you the motivation then tackle the next biggest debt and so that you actually do make progress. So it's time to detox. Handle your credit card debt right away or come up with a plan to handle your credit card debt. Um, Credit card debt 
in almost all cases is bad debt. We don't condone carrying it. It's just not a good practice. It's just costing you money. Um, So to avoid that, build up your emergency fund so you don't have to rely on credit cards and plan ahead for big expenses that you know are out there. And I know there are some credit card companies that like to offer uh, introductory 0% rates to get you to sign up for their credit card and maybe you can charge on it interest-free for say a year. But if you don't get that balance paid off in full by the end of the introductory period, however long it is, then the interest rate shoots up dramatically. So uh, it's sort of like a hook to get you on the line there. So be real careful with trying to play that game. Um, it can get you into trouble real quick if you don't if you don't uh, treat it properly. All right, we're going to step aside here for the news. We're going to be right back in just a couple minutes. Get those calls in now, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790. WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. There you can sign up for or you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for our free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you want to talk to a live human being and get a little bit more background, give us a call at the office, 456-2200. You'll probably end up speaking with Donna, and she can also send you some additional information if that's of interest to you. want to remind everybody our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, January 25th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, or by the way, as a rebroadcast on the Saturday mornings that follow this show, then you can get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us and take us with you wherever you go. Just like a good friend. I thought you were going to go into like State Farm or something. It sounded <laughs> no, like no. a commercial I no. recognize. It would be nice. State Farm, if State, State Farm well, should spend less of? money on Patrick Mahomes and um, he's a guy from Green Bay. Uh, quarterback from Green Bay. Maybe a little bit less money Brett on the. That's <laughs> what oh. oh, I was thinking. Okay, I just, I I don't just didn't know. want to say I don't know. No, he's already, right. he's Who retired. Is he? No, I know, but he's wasn't retired. he Green Bay? He, yeah, he Okay, was. so see, okay, I wasn't totally <laughs> yeah, off. But he retired was, about like 10 years ago. I know, but he does commercials, I imagine. <laughs> right. Like the Mannings. Aaron Rodgers, that's who I was trying <laughs> oh, okay. to think. Anyway. They're the two main spokesmen for State Farm. I, like, you know, that's, what's, that's what a lot of, if you look, one of the main advertisers on TV today is like probably cell phones, but insurance, mm-hmm. and mainly home and auto insurance. Mm-hmm. 
they must spend billions of dollars in advertising for home and auto insurance, the, the industry as a whole. And they're almost always competing on price. They're always talking about how low they can make your premium. Well, that's all well and good. But really, the, the important thing of having insurance is placing a claim and getting paid by the insurance company when you have a legitimate claim. That's the value of the insurance. It's not how low you can make the premium. Sure, that's somewhat important. But it's how well they are and how easy they are to work with and how, I don't know, generous might not be the word, fair they are in paying out their claims when when you have one. And, uh, you know, stories are legion about how difficult it is to work with insurance companies uh, sometimes trying to get paid fairly what they owe you because they hold all the cards. And, you know, it, the contract, you sign a contract between you and the insurance company. And guess who writes the contract? The insurance company. Uh, uh, company. Uh, guess who uh, manages the claim process? The insurance company. So, really, I would want to work with the insurance company that is best at p- paying claims quickly and fairly. I'd like to see somebody advertise that on TV. Then I'd be interested in their services. And I have no idea how we got on this subject whatsoever. <laughs> and I'm sorry I went off on this tangent. Hey, no, that's good good information. And, you know, more on that on another day, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yes, we will have a separate show on it. Sure, we can. But today we're talking about getting your finances in shape, making a resolution to start off on the right foot for 2022. We talked about detoxing and taking care of your debt. The next step, just like any healthy fitness plan, is fixing your habits. So like maybe cleaning up your diet. We want to talk about evaluating your spending and developing healthy savings habits. So knowing what you spend is probably the first step here. And um, most people we sit down with don't really have any idea how much they spend. We usually end up telling them because we can do the math. Um, But most people don't really have a clear idea of what they are spending um, and in what ways. And so it's a good time to sit down and review what you spent. If you use a credit card every month for convenience, hopefully you're paying it off like we just talked about. Your credit card company very helpfully creates a whole yearly summary where you can see exactly what you spent in like many, many, many different categories. And while this may not be pleasant to review for some of you, it really can be eye-opening. It's a good exercise to see if you're putting your money where your, I guess, let's say mouth is. Like, what are your goals and does your spending reflect your goal and your values? And if there's a mismatch there, if you find your spending in an area that is not a part of your um, goal or not true to what you really value, then you can make some decisions to do things differently yeah like you make too many compulsive purchases just because you saw something new and shiny or or it was on sales or you're saving money um that that can cause people to get off track but you know we know from practical standpoint you know the overwhelm while you should a, a good financial planning exercise to strengthen your financial health is to develop a budget yeah most people aren't going to do it 
And oh, no matter I did not say the word budget. That's <laughs> no, a bad word. I know. <laughs> well, see, we've given up Spending on that. Spending plan. We, we've given up on budget. We have, we're calling it you. Spending plan. Spending plan. Well, <laughs> you're still not going to develop a spelling spending plan anyway. We know that. We know that 99% of people aren't going to do that. But what you can do is a little back-of-the-envelope calculation to help you figure out what your spending plan is, whether you know it or not. And that's to simply take your after-tax take-home pay, uh, your household take-home pay. So if you have you and a spouse, then you add it up. What is your monthly after-tax take-home pay? And then what do you save from that? Are you contributing to a 401k plan, company-sponsored retirement plan? Uh, are you contributing to IRA? Do you have a regular savings plan to uh, say a money market account in a bank or something like that. Any known savings. So you s- simply attract, uh, subtract the after-tax take-home pay, or you, ta- you subtract the savings from the after-tax take-home pay, and there is your budget. That is what you are spending at a macro level on a month. It doesn't don't care what you're spending it on. Doesn't matter, but you're spending it, and so. So that's a good, simple starting place for most people to realize how much they might be saving. And if they aren't saving anything regularly and you are you see your credit card balance creeping up, then you are overspending. You are spending more than your take-home pay, and that's a recipe for financial failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know how much they're spending, but that's a really quick and simple way of saying, okay, well, I know how much I make and I know how much I'm saving. So it's safe to assume the rest is being spent. And then it's really time to evaluate your savings habits. Are they healthy? You know, everybody's different. So the amount that everyone needs to save is different. But a very general rule of thumb is you want to be aiming to save probably about 15% of total household gross income. Now, in this area, we have a lot of people with pensions, so that may mean you don't need to save quite as much, but um, pensions are not as prevalent as they used to be, so now most people are responsible for their own retirement savings and their own retirement income. So 15% is a good goal. And if you are just spending throughout the month and waiting to see what's left over and hoping it's a certain amount to save, you probably aren't going to be very successful. You have to save first and then spend what's left. Just rip the Band-Aid off, increase or set your savings where you think it needs to be, and then figure out how to adjust from there. But you'll never just have it magically left over at the end of the month. I I don't know anybody who does. Because there will be nothing left over at the end of the month. If you save last, you have to save first if you want to be financially successful. And like Allison was saying, you just have to commit to a certain amount. So start small, something that is sustainable. I don't care what that number is, $50 a paycheck, $50 a month, whatever. Get And it's got to get out of your hot little hands. It's got preferably shouldn't even hit the bank account. So again, for most people, that means take advantage of your 
company-sponsored retirement plan. The 401ks, 403bs, DSP, 457s, the simple IRAs, all those company-sponsored retirement plans start there. Start by saving a small amount that you can commit to and you will not stop. And then gradually, over time, increase that amount. And then you will start to see some traction. And then, and, and as you're doing that, then you spend what's left over and you force yourself to live in the, the remainder of the take-home pay that you have left. Yeah, so many, well, I don't know if many, but a lot more people, I think, are seeing cost of living increases. I know Social Security went up significantly, government pay. So you are seeing some cost of living raises. Now, of course, cost of living has also gone up to eat into that, but it's still a good opportunity. The minute you get a raise, take that opportunity to to raise your savings just a little bit. It doesn't have to be for all of the raise, you know, a Put a part of it towards increased savings and then let yourself spend a part of it as well. If you did that every time you got a raise, you would be much better, uh, you'd be on a much better path to financial security. Yeah, don't think of a raise or a bonus either as 100% disposable income. Um, Every raise you get, every bonus you get, a portion of that should go to your long-term financial security through four savings in either company retirement plan or some other, an IRA or brokerage account like that. You've got to take those opportunities, you've got to capture those opportunities when they happen to shore up your financial, your personal financial future. If you don't and you wait for the next time or next year, we hear it every time we meet with somebody. I wish I had started sooner. Mm-hmm. The years yeah. turn into the the months turn into years turn into decades. To I'm 62 years old and I haven't saved nearly what I should. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, back to 401ks, Kevin. Like you mentioned. Hopefully you are saving enough to at least get any company match. So if your company makes a matching contribution, you want to contribute enough to at least get that matching money. That's free money. Don't leave that on the table. Um, But if you're looking to max it out, the maximum contributions went up just a little bit for 2022. You can contribute up to $20,500 per year in a 401k, 403b, TSP, and if you are over age 50, you can add another $6,500 for a total of $27,000. So um, increasing that each year as the limits go up will really help you solidify your retirement plan. All right, we're going to have to pause here, take a real quick break. We'll come right back after these short messages. If you want to jump in on the conversation, about this or anything having to do with your own financial situation, give us a call, 627-7979. She's Allison, I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Welcome back 
to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. You can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us at WealthwayAdvisors.com or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you want to talk to a live human, kick the tires a little bit more, ask some more nuanced questions, give us a call at the office 456-2200. Next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, January 25th at 6 p.m. as usual. Or you can get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go. We've been talking about getting your finances in shape, New Year's resolutions, things you can do to start 2022 off on the right foot. We talked about detoxing, getting rid of your debt, or coming up with a plan to handle your debt. And now we were on to healthy habits. So just like hopefully you're trying to eat healthier, healthy spending and savings habits, whether that's tracking every penny you spend or just increasing your savings to a certain target. So let's talk about where the savings should go. Um, We talked about 401k savings, especially if your employer does matching, you want to take advantage of that matching benefit and contribute to your 401k. The 401k contribution limits for this year are 20,500 and then up to 27,000 total if you're over age 50. So that's a great bucket to save into. We always prioritize that. I think even better though, before that, sometimes before that, it depends on your situation, is the health savings account. We talk about these accounts a lot, but health savings accounts are the most tax advantage account that exists because you get a tax deduction for the contributions, it grows tax deferred, and it comes out tax-free in retirement if used properly. So maximizing your health savings account if you can, if you have a high deductible health plan, then you can use a health savings account, is a great savings tool to use. Yeah, they're becoming a lot more prevalent health savings accounts are um, because of the more uh, more more usage of high deductible health insurance plans. So with a high deductible health insurance plan goes a health savings account. And while the primary purpose of the health savings account is to contribute money tax-free into the account and then ultimately use it to pay for medical qualifying medical expenses that fall below your medical insurance deductible so that between the two devices you've got rock-solid health insurance coverage. That's the primary purpose, but the secondary purpose is you don't have to spend that money in the health savings account even for qualified medical expenses. Just because you incur those expenses doesn't mean you have to spend use, use the health savings account money. You can use your regular old checking account money. So 
it's also the health savings account is also a great long-term retirement savings tool because money can build up in it tax-free uh, all the investment activity in there remains sheltered from taxes and when you reach the age of 65 you can withdraw the money from a health savings account for any purpose it does not have to be just for qualified medical expenses. Now, if it's not for medical exp expenses, then it will be taxed as ordinary income on the way out, just like a traditional IRA, but you get that uh, tax-free growth along the way. And there are no income limitations to contributions to a health savings account like there are with a Roth IRA. So high-income earners can also get this tax deduction. So for 2022, individuals, if you have a high deductible health plan, you can contribute $36.50 to a health savings account. Or for families, if you have uh, more than one person on your health insurance plan, you can contribute up to $7,300 a year, plus an extra $1,000 if you're 55 or older. So we love maxing out the health savings account bucket. And then, of course, there's always IRAs, so individual retirement accounts, whether that's pre-tax traditional IRA or a Roth after-tax IRA. You can contribute up to $6,000 a year to an IRA subject to income limitations or 7000 total for those over 50. So those are the main savings buckets we, li we like to prioritize. Of course, after that, there's regular brokerage or investment account savings. That's always beneficial. But regardless of the bucket, we just encourage you to automate that. Make it just something that happens before the money even hits your account on a regular basis before you even are tempted to spend it. And remember, getting money into the account is phase one of the process. Once it's in the account, then you've got to get it invested for long-term growth. That's phase two. So while you can open up IRAs, Roth IRAs, health savings accounts at banks and buy bank products with them like CDs and money market accounts, that defeats the purpose of these types of accounts. These should be invested in securities, stocks, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds for long-term growth. Um, that's their primary purpose. Yes, let's uh, liken that to working out, adding a little muscle behind the plan, is making sure they're invested for long-term growth. Yeah, because a, a lot of times we will stumble across accounts where people have money in an IRA and they got that far, but then they didn't realize they had to take the next step and actually purchase a mutual fund with it or many mutual funds uh, or stocks or, or what have you, but something built for long-term growth. So just make sure you, you see it all the way through to the finish line. All right, that's all the uh, time we have for today. I want to thank our callers. Uh, you're what makes our show, so we appreciate it very much. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, January 25th at 6 p.m., or you can catch this show uh, as a rebroadcast on Saturday morning coming up here sometime before noontime. In the meantime, if you want more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. You can request an, inf an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. 
preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.